Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, November 15, 2021. Stand up for your country. Rare busy day for President Biden. Got a lot going on. He met with uh, the Tribal Nations. It's American Native American Heritage Month. And I, I you know, I know I'm going to plug this, but the best book on Native Americans ever written is Killing Crazy Horse. Huh? Because we go from the very beginning to the very end of the conflict. And so if you haven't read that book, it's a great gift and all, if you care. You know, most Americans don't care. I do. I think the American, uh, the Native Americans got hosed. Uh, but this is a fair book. This isn't just like, oh, poor Native Americans. This is the whole thing. Anyway, and then at 3 o'clock, uh, Mr. Biden signed bipartisan infrastructure deal, H.R. 3684. Get to that in a moment. And then uh, this evening, he's going to have a virtual meeting with President Xi, His Excellency, Xi of China. That ought to be fun, right? Um, So the infrastructure bill, I would have voted for it. Uh, I looked at it over the weekend fairly intensely. I know it's a partisan play, I understand. Um, 550 billion in new funding, overall 1.2 trillion. Passed in the House 228, 206. Some of the 13 Republican Congress people voted for it are under fire. Um, six crazy uh, far lefts voted against it. In the Senate, where it's more of a intellectual heft, in 69-30, 19 Republican senators supported the bill. Now, the bill is, is necessary because if you go, if you travel around a country, as I have, there are a lot of things that need to be upgraded. And you just can't let them go. And the states, some states are well-managed, some states aren't. So the feds have to go in, have to make sure that the airports run, the control towers are operational. I mean, it's very complicated. So I looked at this. The problem with the infrastructure bill or all Biden stuff is no air oversight. Nobody watches the money. But there's nothing anybody can do about that. I mean, they didn't watch the money under Trump. They just have the massive funding going out of the Treasury. It goes into the states. The states have it and do what they want, and there's nobody watching it. So you want to be cynical, Biden this, Biden that, okay, but my job is to make sure that your life is better. And that bill, um, I think, I I know I would have voted for that bill. But I would not vote, and I do not believe this is going to get passed, the Build Back Better bill. Now, this is an outright boondoggle. What, What a boondoggle is is a massive amount of spending going into certain selected places under the cover of darkness. So you don't know where the 1.27 trillion, whatever it may be, it's at 1.75 trillion now. Nobody knows where that goes. In fact, when I broke the story last week, that China makes most of the solar power and most of the wind turbines. Nobody knew that. So you, you okay this money to upgrade the solar and the wind. That money goes right to China. Do you know that? Nobody knows it. Does ABC re- report on that? No. Do they care? No. Because there's so much what they call pork in a bill like this that they're going, whenever you hear the, um, the phrase environmental justice, you know there's somebody with their hand in your pocket. 
So environmental justice could be anything. Somebody has a dilapidated house, can't have that. That's not environmental justice. You see what I mean? So this thing is crazy. And I don't believe that one Republican in the Senate will vote for it. Not one. Now, Manchin can hold out. I hope he does. And Sinema and some of the older, they're more emboldened now because Biden's collapsing. So it's easier for them to hold. Okay, this is not going to get done, and it shouldn't get done. All right, this is this Green New Deal fantasy where they just throw taxpayer money and see what sticks. That's not how you run a government. And talk about lack of oversight. I mean, these, these criminals who uh, steal government money, they're just salivating over this. There's nobody going to watch this. So anyway, yes on infrastructure, no on Build Back Better. Washington Post ABC poll, um, more bad news for Biden. We'll run it down quickly. Um, do you approve or disapprove of the way Biden's handling his job? Approve 41, disapprove 53. Biden has been president for 10 months. Would you say he's accomplished a great deal during that time? Great deal, 8%. Little or nothing, 45%. I mean, these are grisly numbers. These, these are numbers you never see. Would you describe the state of the nation's economy these days as positive or negative? Positive 29, negative 70. Um, early midterm vote preference, Republicans 51, Democrats 41. 10 point swing, the biggest in 40 years. So I wrote a, a column called the Titanic People on BillOReilly.com. These are people that are supporting Biden no matter what. And there's three groups. So I hope you read the column. If you have any questions about the column, bill at BillOReilly.com, bill at BillOReilly.com. I'll explain further tomorrow. But there are three main groups that still support Biden, even though these numbers are crazy. And how he turns it around, I have no blanket idea. I mean, the guy is not Mr. Efficient. And now, you know, there are cracks everywhere. Somebody asked me, well, if Biden and, and Kamala Harris both crash, and they are already in a poll. Who do the Democrats turn to in 2024? And I don't know of one ascendant Democrat in the country. On the Republican side, you had a bunch of them. You got Tim Scott in South Carolina. You got DeSantis in Florida. Um, you got a bunch of, of people who are ascendant. Democrats say you don't. Um, you know, they go Buttigieg. Buttigieg has done such a horrible job in the supply chain stuff. He has no shot. So where do they go? Joe can't run again. He can barely, uh, you know, make it through the day. And Harris is drastically unpopular, mainly because of her demeanor and the border. Okay, so I'm a Roman Catholic, all right? And, and my family has been Roman Catholic forever, Irish I'm 93% Irish, 7% Viking, according to PBS, all right? So the Vikings, they, didn't, they weren't exactly being converted, okay? Too busy cutting people's heads off. But my family goes way, way back in the Roman Catholic tradition in Ireland. And I am what they call a loyal Catholic in a sense that I understand the totality of my religion. I understand the theology. The theology of the religion, what Jesus taught and how he conducted himself. And I wrote Killing Jesus, if you really want to know 
what the man did, you read that book, it doesn't stack up to the way the contemporary Catholic Church is being run worldwide. There's a huge chasm between what Jesus was putting out there and what the men who run the church are putting out there. Now, you want to take that as a criticism? Fine. I'll back it up 50 different ways. But that doesn't mean that I don't show up to church. And it doesn't mean that I throw out the theology. Why would I do that? That's like saying, okay, Joe Biden's screwing up America, so I don't want to be an American citizen anymore. I'm going to be an Albanian. Does that make sense? No. You fight. You stay. If you find it worthy. And I do. And the main reason I find it worthy is because we live in a secular world where it's all about me. And you know that. It's me, 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 where's mine, my mind, particularly the under 50 American group. All right. It, it's staring at the screen, immediate gratification, very, very little thought about other people, what the big picture is, what's good for all. OK, that, and that was a message that the Nazarene brought. Not about you. It's about what you can do to help others. That was a message. It's pretty simple. So you either buy in or you don't, and most people don't. So right now in America, about 23% of the population is Roman Catholic. Almost half of that is Hispanic. So you can see that the Anglo tradition in the church has fallen drastically. And that leads to a lot of complications. So it's a different um, parish. It's a different tone. Everything's different. And they can't recruit priests. Hard to recruit them. Okay? They don't want to live celibate lives, a lonely, tough life to be a Catholic priest. So there's problems everywhere. And I am very cognizant. And I do not bring these problems to you. But there is a story now that is a nexus between Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and the Catholic Church. And this is an important story which is why I'm setting myself up here, all right, and giving you perspective on where I'm coming from. So the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops starts today a meeting in Baltimore, Maryland, four days. And the essence of the conference is to better define the most important sacrament in the church, which is the Holy Eucharist, communion, okay? As part of that, there's a movement within the American Catholics to ban people like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi from publicly receiving communion because of their promotion of abortion. In fact, uh, the Archbishop of San Francisco, Cordelion, okay, I know for a fact, has told Mrs. Pelosi not to receive communion privately. Okay? And you never see her ever see her in a Catholic church receiving communion. Whereas Biden, he goes pretty much every week. Now, the Pope Francis, who is a liberal theologian, nothing wrong with that. I think he's a good man. He has made it very, very clear he does not want to what they call weaponize the Holy Eucharist. He does not want to get spiritual things involved with politics. Okay? He is abundantly clear about that. However, he has directly called abortion homicide. There's no other meaning 
That's what the Pope did about a month ago. So now there's a conundrum, word of the day. Catholics like me are looking to see how these bishops are going to treat Joe Biden. Now, it's not about pro-choice and pro-life. The Democratic Party is pro-choice. They have no use for the unborn, no protections. They don't want any limitations on the abortion process. That's in stone. So if you join that party, you're not changing them. That's where they are. But traditionally, Democratic Catholic politicians have said, I don't believe that, but I'm not going to intrude my religious beliefs on others. <clears throat> and so my private beliefs are different than the party platform for the Democrats. However, with Joe Biden, it is much different. He is promoting, as Pope Francis said, homicide. He's making it easier. Not only that, he wants me to pay for it. He wants to take my tax dollars and kill abort fetuses. He wants to do away with the Hyde Amendment, which is unconstitutional. He'll never do it, but he wants to. And he doesn't want any limitations on abortion at all. Therefore, when Texas or Mississippi or another state says after 16 weeks, you can't have an abortion here, his Justice Department's right in there suing under Roe v. Wade. So Biden is promoting abortion. Right? He's making it happen more often. To me, and I'm not a judgmental man, I don't do that. I'm the biggest sinner ever. Okay? But to me, as a policy analyst, there's no other side to the story. He's promoting homicide in the words of Pope Francis. So how on earth can this guy go to church on Sunday and put his hand out to get the Holy Eucharist? One final thing. If you are in the state of what they call mortal sin, you are not allowed to receive communion. A mortal sin is when you know you're doing something wrong and you do it anyway. You don't care. All right? So I could make plenty of historical analogies to this, but I'm going to just stick on Biden. So I search um, for the smartest people to explain to me what the deuce is going on. Now, I, I will say, do not expect the bishops to ban Joe Biden from communion because it takes two thirds vote to do it. I think they'll get a majority vote, but I don't think they'll get two thirds. All right, so joining us now is a, a priest that I've known for a long time. His name is Edward Beck. He is a passionist priest um, that is a selected order known for their intellectual heft. Now, I don't believe that for a second, Father, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the description. So tell me if I'm being unfair to Joe Biden. Well, again, it's a much larger issue in many ways, I think, Bill. And just to put it in some context, so recently, Cardinal Bernadine, whom you'll remember, was Cardinal of Chicago. We just celebrated, remember him, 25 years dead. 
And he had what was called the seamless garment approach so that all life issues were part of this greater fabric and that they were all important. So that to single out one like abortion, what about the other issues like capital punishment, like immigration, like the poor? And now we're talking more and more about the environment. So if you begin to have a checklist for who can and cannot receive, the Catholic Church now teaches capital punishment is not acceptable under any conditions. And I, uh, I agree with that. I've said it. But you're basically doing a sliding scale down. When you have millions of fetuses being aborted worldwide, that is far beyond, far beyond the other social problems that you mentioned. And, and you have a president of the United States who basically is defying the accepted tenet of the Catholic Church that abortion is wrong. He's making it easier to have an abortion. More of the unborn are dying because of Joe Biden. You don't feel that you got to go in there and say, hey, Joe, you might want to rethink this? Yes, most definitely. I think the church needs to advocate for its pro-life position. However, it doesn't seem to be, even with its own Catholics, doing a very good job. So what is the real problem in a sense? The majority of Catholics think that abortion should be legal under many circumstances. I don't, be I don't believe that poll. I don't believe it. True. I mean, if you look, look at the poll, if you look at the national polling on all religions, it's about 50-50. Catholics you know, you can, you can, say you, abortion should be legal. Listen, if the you're majority a Catholic, of Catholics do not think Roe v. Wade should be overturned. Okay, let me, so that's your Catholic population. So obviously they're there's not a difference, There's a difference between Roe v. Wade being overturned and supporting abortion. If somebody goes into the confessional and you're hearing their confession mm -hmm. and they say to you, Father, I had an abortion, but I'm not sorry. I had to do it. Economic reasons, whatever. What do you say to them? Well, I don't think they'd be coming to confession telling me they're not sorry. The confession is part where you're admitting that you've done something wrong and you're looking for forgiveness. So the only way you give someone absolution is if they are repentant. Otherwise, they have to go away and think about what they've done and come back when they are repentant. So I don't think that situation would probably happen. But what I am saying is that with regards this issue, you have to look at it in the broader context. So you were talking a lot about Jesus before. And what would Jesus do? Well, if you look at the Gospels, all of those meal narratives are precursors to the Eucharist, to the Last Supper. Who does Jesus eat with? He eats with sinners, prostitutes. There's no way on earth that the Nazarene would justify abortion in any way, shape, or form. Just stick with me for a minute. No he way on earth. In fact, that conversion happened as a result of inclusion, not exclusion. Listen. And so Pope Francis has said the Eucharist is for sick people, not the healthy ones. You want to get them in there and say, look, what you're believing about this, what and you're doing. And that's all well and good if you, want to, if you want to convince people not to do it, that, I mean, I'll support you 100%. But what you're looking at now is a guy who's doing it in a way that's killing more of the unborn. He's right before your eyes. Right. And the Catholic and Church is not condemning that. I well, mean, the Church is condemning it. 
The church is condemning it. The church not not with Biden. Biden's the most sure powerful are. man they're in saying, the world. They're saying his position is wrong. Abortion is acceptable under no conditions. They wouldn't necessarily say, as you are, that he's promoting abortion. He is. He I just laid well, it out. You can't deny what he's doing is promoting abortion by having late-term abortion, no limitations on it at all, taxpayer money going to fund it. He's promoting but, it. But he has also said he's personally opposed to it. So what? He can say whatever he wants. Babies are dying. So, so you don't know so what what's happens your responsibility? Wait, wait, wait. What's your responsibility and the other clerics in the United States to prevent babies from dying? What's your responsibility? To mealy mouth around saying, oh, we don't want to be judgmental. Come on. Yes. Our responsibility is to try to get people to see this pro-life position as the best one, the most godlike one. And we have to do our job to do that. However, you do that by talking with Joe Biden. He has a pastor. He has a bishop. You don't say, go get your act together. Agree with what we do totally before you can come. No, Joe, come. But see what you're doing is wrong. See that your position is wrong. Be part of this community and all of the life positions that you stand for, Joe. We want to stand with you because Joe Biden has a lot of pro-life positions with regards to immigration, the environment, the poor. That's all aligned with the Catholic Church. In this issue, he is not aligning. But you try to convert hearts. You don't exclude and expect people then, oh, well. But this is the big one because this is life and death. It's not so pollution. It's, it's not. It's not migrant relocation. It's life and death. People and the are man dying is, at the border. People father. are dying at the border. We're Joe the Biden killing ourselves with the environment. Pope Francis Joe, wrote a whole. Stop. That, that's the just esoteric stuff. Joe Biden is promoting death. It's He's promoting esoteric. death every single time. He blasts off any protections. And I mean, he doesn't want any protections for the unborn. It's out right now. I I, I predict that this isn't going to pass. All right. Because there are a lot of liberal pastors in America. They're going to follow the Pope's guidance. The reason it's not going to pass is because Pope Francis says don't use the Eucharist as a wedge. Don't use the Eucharist, as you said earlier, as a weapon. A Eucharist is a sacrament of inclusion of conversion, of helping people to get to a deeper place who are sick, who are struggling, who are trying to find their way in the faith community. Yes, speak against what they're doing wrong, no doubt. But are you going to stand there with a checklist? Am I supposed to, as a priest, say, okay, birth control, no communion. Abortion, no communion. Capital punishment, no communion. Who's going to do the checklist? Nobody's going to do that because the issue isn't remotely close. When you're stacking bodies in Planned Parenthood clinics, that's a lot more than taking a birth control device, and you know it. So you guys hide behind this kind of semantical thing, and I'm telling you realistically, if I were Biden's pastor, there's no way that man would go to the communion rail. No way. Last word. Well, I don't think that you, as pastor, have the right to refuse him. You don't know if he's talked to a confessor about this. You don't know what internal forum process he has gone through. You don't know how his own struggles with this issue have been. You have to, as you said, for serious sin, you have to will to be sinning, to turn away from God intentionally and be doing wrong intentionally. If Joe Biden believes that, then I agree with you. I don't think Joe Biden believes that, though. We want to get him. You can't rationalize it. 
his actions, he is the most radical left president on abortion in the history of this country, and it is not even close. All and I other, hope his heart changes on that. I really so do. do. I. I, but in the meantime, we're stacking dead bodies, Father. But we appreciate the lively debate. I, I hope we brought some clarity to a lot of people who aren't Catholic. Um, I am a, you know, or we brought you know more I am, opaqueness. I don't know. You what? Or we brought more opaque quality to it. I'm not sure, but I hope we get brought some clarity. Okay. Thanks, Father. We really appreciate it. Uh, Putin. Now, Putin is uh, causing trouble. And this is going to be a centerpiece in my history tour with Donald Trump. So he senses that Biden's weak. And he senses that the United States has no will for confrontation anywhere, which is probably true. Tomorrow I'll have an expert on China, probably the smartest guy in the country on China right here. And I could be wrong, but Putin's massing troops on Ukraine. So why? Why is he going to all that trouble? Uh, he's got 90,000 now. Another 10 going to come. And then what he's done is that he's made it easy for so-called migrants from the Middle East, Iraq and other places, to come on up through the Balkans and mass on the Polish border in a country called Belarus. Now, Belarus is the closest ally to Russia. Putin's doing this because he wants to destabilize Poland. He wants what we have, chaos at the border. Now, Poland has a wall, okay, but it can be torn down. So Putin has expedited all of these people up to Poland, and there's thousands of them, including a lot of kids, and, you know, they're freezing. And he is going, all right, what are you going to do about it? Without Putin's help and assistance, this could never happen. So on two fronts, Poland and Ukraine, he's pricking the United States and NATO. So we're not going to speculate. We're going to watch it. I think that's a fair thing to do. Um, everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. COVID. Thing never goes away, you know? It just, I mean, I was reading an article on our uh, partner, Daily Chatter. They are the foreign news that we partnered up with. 
in Romania, it's just like they don't know where to put the bodies because the Romanians won't get vaxxed. So they're dying at an unbelievable clip. Germany, too. Austria, if you're not vaxxed, you can't go out of the house. This thing never goes away. So three in five Americans, according to one poll, are banning unvaccinated relatives from family gatherings. Now, are you doing that? I, I would do it. I would do it. And I, I don't want to do it. But I don't want somebody coming into the house unvaccinated with a bunch of kids and people floating around. So three and five, 67 percent. That's a lot. So now we're getting a personal touch here on the divisions in America. The other thing is that 38 percent of Americans are concerned about contracting COVID over the holidays. And the problem is that the initial wave of the vax is wearing off. So you got to get booster to bring it back to 90 percent effectiveness. And it's happening, but it's not happening with lightning speed. So a lot of people, they're worried because they're going to be in close proximity to other people. And I know tons of people absolutely frightened to do anything because of COVID. It's incredible how powerful that disease is. I'm just going to run down a border stat for you just to remind you that this open border thing continues. On Friday in the Rio Grande Valley sector, 2,000 immigrants surged into this country, 2,000. One place, one sector, one day. And what did Joe Biden do about it? Kamala, what did she do? Now, I don't know whether I believe this story or not. Um, Unnamed sources, I hate it. Um, Two recently retired DEA officials stated the agency's directive to stop using the term Mexican cartel came from the Biden administration. Now, it sounds right. So now federal authorities are not allowed to use the words Mexican cartel. I guess it's racist or something. I don't know. But this is the madness in which we live. Okay. Um, Donald Trump is fighting a bunch of uh, misbehavior lawsuits. One of them's over. A woman named Summer Zervos accused him of something. I don't even know what it was. About four years, and then she's dropping it. Why? Because discovery kicked in, and she didn't get any money, and that's what she wanted, and she didn't have anything. So the lawyer, her lawyers are looking at her going, we're not going to get any money. You don't have anything, so let's drop it. That's a guess. But that's the way this stuff usually works out. This day in history, November 15th, 1864. This is an interesting story for you people who live in the South. So General William Tecumseh Sherman begins his march to the sea 157 years ago. By that time, in 1864, the Confederacy was shot and Grant was in charge of the Union Army and Lincoln, of course, was president. It was over. But the Confederates wouldn't give up. And so Sherman was ordered to go from Atlanta to Savannah to Charleston and terrorize the civilian population, which he did with relish. Okay, so from November 15th to December 21st, 1864, 
Sherman led 60,000 Union soldiers on a 285-mile march, burning stuff, looting, you name it, they did it. The Union Army did it. And nobody going to stop them. Okay? Horrible. Horrible. Because there were civilians. Now, if you read Killing Lincoln, I mean, I get into this, stats are very hard to get because we don't know how many people were hung and shot and all of that. We do know that um, about 25,000 slaves were freed on the march. So Sherman went into the plantation, he freed everybody and maybe shot the slavers in the head. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the damage was $1.5 billion in today's dollars. So that happened 157 years ago today. So uh, we have a nice mail segment. And then a final thought on these gambling football ads. I got some opinions on those. We'll be back in a moment. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, let's get to the mail. Uh, Gail Creeth, Sarasota, Florida. Bill, just want to congratulate you and your staff about finding Obama's executive order 13489 and reporting it to us. It's too bad there are not many journalists left like you. You know, this is what we do now. And I'm going to go on an ad campaign soon and say, look, if you want to sit there in your living room and watch hours of cable news, that is your right. If you enjoy that, you go right ahead and do it. But you're not protecting yourself. And you're not learning what's really happening in America. So you got to go to BillOReilly.com. Paul Pollard, Jackson, Missouri. Bill, you said President Trump would win the battle over his transcripts because of an executive order President Obama signed. What would keep Biden from overturning that order? The courts. So Biden tried to overturn the Remain in Mexico policy. He got slapped down. He tried to um, do mandates on private business. He got slapped down. He tried to get Trump's private papers in the White House. He got slapped down. That's the system. He goes in, he tries, and the courts say no. Philip Sempravio, Kittery, Maine. Hey, Bill. Why, with all this deficit spending, does our Medicare premium need to be increased by 14%? Analytics, I don't know. I mean, that's what they do. Um, you know, look, Medicare, Social Security, it's all running out of money. 
We all know that from mismanagement. Uh, Rick LeClaire pays Florida. Bill, am I wrong in thinking the BLM guy in New York could already be charged with a terror threat? He could be. Hawk Newsom said it'll be blood in the streets if the new mayor reinstitutes um, some police activities. Could be. But you do that and you ignite more trouble. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement has thousands of people. They'll go out and burn stuff down. Uh, Sven Larson, Newport Coast, California, Bill, the most disturbing aspect of the elimination of ADAF grading is that the school systems completely disregard their fundamental responsibility of giving our youth the knowledge they need to succeed as adults. They don't want younger Americans to succeed on their own. The far left wants everybody dependent on the central government. If they wanted to educate these urchins in the bad schools, they could. They don't want to. David Concierge member, which means David gets direct access to me. This program will help your life. Bill, I'm wondering uh, that with your good advice concerning getting your Thanksgiving turkey and supplies early, are you the chef of the family? I can't even get the olives out of the jar. I am hopeless. I don't know how I've survived all these years. Um, Lori in Oregon uh, bought tickets to uh, the Trump O'Reilly show in Orlando. I was wondering if I need to bring my VAX card. There are no VAX mandates in Florida or Texas, which is why we chose those two states to go to. I would bring, bring the VAX card for other things you may want to do, Lori. I appreciate you come down to see the show from Oregon. We have people coming from all over the world. Um, put up the, uh, the dates again. Uh, we have sold close to 30,000 tickets. I'd like to sell another 10. The FLA Live Arena in Sunrise, Florida on the 11th of December. Amway Center the 12th. 18th Toyota Center, Houston, 19th American Airlines Center, Dallas. I can guarantee you if you make the investment to come see these shows, it will be unforgettable for you. I guarantee it. David, I just finished watching your Friday No Spin broadcast with Sean Spicer. Thoroughly enjoyed your insight and commentary. My son and I are very much looking forward to seeing you and President Trump at the BB&T Center on the 11th in Sunrise, Florida. It's now FLA Live. <laughs> they change it because when these big arenas are sponsored, people pay a lot of money for it. So, but we're very, very happy with everybody who's coming to see the shows, that's for sure. Now, let me give you another tip here. So it's the 15th of November today, right? Christmas is like, bang. We have a bundle on BillOReilly.com, okay? It, it's a... Um, concierge member bundle. So you buy a gift certificate to be a concierge member. You get all kinds of stuff. We just give it to you. Um, and this is a really good deal. So you get four or five gifts. And the other really good deal is you spend more than 100, you get Holly and me hand signed. Uh, now, Holly is, you know, wanting a bigger cut. So I'm having to negotiate that. Um, but that's a cute, cute picture you could throw. Don't hit Holly with a dart, though. Don't, don't we do that. So BillOReilly.com premium stores, stand up for your country stuff, everything there. We make your life very easy. We're very competent. We don't have any supply line problems. You get the stuff early, and it's very moderately priced. Help us so we can help you. Word of the day, no cods wallop, C-O-D-W-S-W-A-L-L-O-P. 
Back with uh, football gambling in a moment. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here is the uh, final thought. So betting on football is fun. I've done it. You know, I don't bet a lot, but it's fun. Um, And I understand the allure of it. And it used to be illegal, but now it's not. 32 states have legalized sports gambling. And the National Football League is way, way behind it because to them, money is everything. Will it take? Good to have you boys back. You know how it is. You never really left. Slow down, I gotta make my picks. You want to this win bet with me? Win bet. I like where your head's at, but Boston's not covering. Sure they will. You gotta do what he says. He's driving. That's not a rule. Win bet, huh? Yep. Bet any game, any time, and you bet with win, so it's the best. You don't need to cover? Just, I don't want you to lose. my record man. of picks? You see how I win some of the time? Yeah, that's not a good record. Sure? First few months of the NFL season, $27 billion bet. You can't win. I can't win. All right? So once in a while, you'll hit one. But the analytics involved in setting the point spread for the National Football League are now so sophisticated that regular bettors, regular people who are essentially betting on a hope, you hope your team wins, okay? You don't have a chance. It's maybe five, six to one you're going to lose. Look at yesterday. So Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, they go into Washington. Washington has got, you know, all kinds of problems. Washington kicks their butt. And that happens across the board every week. But we don't know why. The gamblers, the bookies, the odds makers, they do know why. Because they have analytics and information that we don't have. So it's like going to Vegas and taking that dice. You're going to throw it. You're going to bet. It's all luck, 100%. Now, some people say, oh, I know a lot about football, and I do. And I can figure it out. You can't. The problem is that younger people, 750,000 young Americans, as estimated, between the ages of 14 and 21, have a gambling addiction. And if any of you know somebody who has one, that's a life destroyer. That's like narcotics. And now with all these, you know, Ben Affleck and all these people yucking it up and, you know, it's like, oh, this is harmless. Not. Now, if you're going to bet, you bet 50 bucks, something like that. You keep it reasonable. You don't bet stuff you can't afford because you're going to lose way more than you win. And you'll never hear that on the NFL commercials or anyplace else because these guys are making tons of money shilling for sports betting. That is the final thought of the day. We appreciate you watching us tonight. We hope you enjoyed the program. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. We'll see you tomorrow.